Welcome to the latest in the Bova News podcast series. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more about crisis management. Dairy producers have a more than full-time job managing the dairy business every day. And unfortunately in today's society, that isn't always enough. Those who oppose the way you manage your dairy are more vocal every day. They've used increasingly aggressive tactics to put pressure on your way of life. And that's why it's important for dairy producers to be prepared for crisis events to happen. And in the meantime, take actions to prevent those events from even occurring. So on today's podcast, uh, we're going to talk to someone who has some great experience in this arena. And I think we'll have some great advice for all of us. Erin Nutcher is a fourth generation dairy farmer from Gustine, California. Erin and her husband, Trevor, are in a partnership with Trevor's family managing 2,100 cows. Erin currently is serving on the board for the Dairy Council of California and on the California Milk Advisory Board social media team. Erin's passion is sharing their dairy life and industry facts on her social media channels and recently began hosting virtual educational dairy tours to students throughout California. So welcome to the podcast today, Erin. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, we appreciate you. And I think I want to start out, first of all, uh, you have some very recent experience uh, in this area of crisis management. And I know uh, this is not everyone's most fun thing to think about, but certainly it is something that needs to be on our radar as dairy producers across the country. But why don't you walk us through what happened to you most recently? Yes. So about, um, I'd say a month and a half ago, um, we had an online attack that happened to us. Thankfully, nobody was on, um, nobody actually came onto our facility, um, but it was more online. Um, An activist organization um, really went and put a target on us, um, went and told people exactly where our farm was, found a lot of um, information on our farm, just like a whole bunch of stuff, put it out online and we're encouraging people if they were in the area to go, uh, if they were in the area to actually come onto our farm or to go over to our farm. Um, And so of course that put, um, it kind of had us in heightened alert, of course, when we had that happen. Um, And so um, we kind of, I, we already have a, have a, crisis plan in place, um, on our farm. Um, but it just kind of made us like kind of walk through and look, um, and see, um, how we were doing like on that, of course, with that, um, with what happened to us online. So how did you find out that you were a target of this organization? And I think probably for the listeners, you know, we're not going to promote the organization or what they were called, uh, but certainly there, these organizations are at work every day, uh, working against the dairy industry, but how did you find out that you were a target? Yes. I found out I was a target because they actually tagged me in one of their posts. And so I was like, Oh, okay. The, um, so I was tagged on Facebook and also on their Instagram. Um, and so that's how I found out about them. And so I was like, okay. And then I had, um, I had some other friends within the dairy industry that are online also like, Hey, have you seen this? And so that's kind of how I found out about it. So who were some of the allies that came to help you? What other organizations? So some of the allies were, um, one of them was um, with Dutch Dairy Management Inc. Um, They actually contacted me and told me about it. Also our local one, the California Milk Advisory Board had mentioned it also. And then just some... um, just some other people online, some other friends, other dairy farmers online had also seen it um, and told me about it also. So what did you do? What were the steps? Can you walk us through? 
Yeah. So the steps that I have, um, was, um, I of course was like, okay, if they are going to come onto our facility, um, I have to make sure that of course, if people were to come on our facility, that, that of course our facility is secure. And so, um, we went and, um, around our property, we have, of course, um, no trespassing signs. Um, and there are of course, place at all the entrances and exits and stuff of the property. Um, just so those were all in the right place. Um, I also, I also actually did call our local law enforcement and I just make, I just wanted to make them aware of it. And I said, they haven't been on our property yet. Um, it's just an online, it's an online attack, but they of course know exactly where our, our facility is. And I just want you to be aware if they, if they are to come that this is, you know, I, I kind of wanted to be on their radar. And they were extremely helpful, local law enforcement. Um, they they actually came out onto our property and looked at our entrances and exits and really helped us know that it, uh, just, it was just really helpful. So I really, if this happens to you, I would definitely say contact local law enforcement and they would definitely help you. Um, so that's kind of what we did um, on the facility. We also kind of told our employees about this, if they noticed any, any um, odd cars or anything like that. Um, to kind of let us know right away. Um, and then that's kind of what, that's kind of how we did for our facility. Um, and then for what I did online um, was that on my Facebook and my Instagram, I have community guidelines that are of course on my pages. And so over there I can stay, you know, I don't want to have any profane language. I don't want profane, you know, those kind of things. Um, and so I um, had those on there. I could also um, that I could, if I have any comments, I can delete them. So I had, um, that's kind of what I did to do stuff online. I kind of muted key terms, um, that I don't, that of course were, they didn't want to have on there. Um, and then of course I went and tried to report them on Instagram and Facebook and report them and saying, Hey, there, this is like, this is way against doxing, of course, because they, I put personal information and a lot of my friends did other allies and stuff went and reported them. And apparently it didn't go against their community guidelines, which was insane, <laughs> of course. And so, um, but that's just kind of what happened then, but it just, um, but that's all that we did. And then I did another post, um, on my social pages and I kind of just, um, explained, how we like um, explained how we have our farm secure, just in case any of the activists were on there. I'm like, Hey, if you're going to read this post and you know what you're getting into, you know, and like why we have our, why, why the facility is secure, how it is. So that's kind of a little rundown of kind of what I did. Um, but I first, we did of course, how we have our farm secure. And then I went online um, and kind of secured my pages because I just didn't want to have a flood of activist comments and attacks on all my stuff. Cause I've had that before, but um, that's just kind of what I did, but yeah, that it, it just kind of, it, it kind of lasted over a few days, but, and then it kind of, and then it stopped. Now, did you have a relationship with your local sheriff before this? Um, yes, we did. Like he, we, like he had been out a few times before when we had some other incidences, um, not related to activists or anything like that, but, um, just with other things. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, so that was helpful. He knew of course, who we were, um, and where, where the farm was. And what kind of security do you have on the farm? Did you add any security for this or did you already have some measures in place? We already had some measures in place. So we have, um, 
have locks, of course, on all the main entrances and exits. Um, we we kind of added some extra lighting to like just a, just a few of the key areas. Um, and then it was it was actually helpful when the um, when the local law enforcement came out. When the, um, he he actually mentioned that our um, our trespassing signs actually weren't like in the right. Uh, they had to be in different spots, and so we actually moved them to the right spots. And so that was helpful. And we actually had the wrong ones because they're supposed to be like a certain code on them for our area, and we didn't have those on our previous ones. So then he gave us some new ones. Um, so that was, so that was really helpful. Now you have a great online presence and I think that's, it's intimidating, I think for a lot of farms to think about getting attacked online. I think that's probably one of the things that prevents a lot of farms from being more active online than what they could be. Uh, what were some of the main things that you did to help prevent your pages from getting attacked? So with, um, kind of what I did to get my, I I don't think you're ever like, if you're going to be online about the dairy industry, like you're, you're kind of like a target to be attacked. I know that sounds bad, but of course it kind of makes people not want to go online and actually let people know what goes on on their farms. But, um, I always say if I know they went and attacked me, cause of course I'm online and I have a presence online, but if they were to actually go to a farm, I bet they would pick one that didn't have an online presence because of course you don't have any information or any photos or anything and stuff online to back you up. And so that's kind of why I do have my online pages about our farm, just so that like, yeah, if I were to have an activist attack and they were to come to our, like, and they were to come on our farm, I have a whole bunch of really positive information out there. And people would be like, I don't know if they're getting this right. You know, So that's kind of why I have my stuff online. But when I, um, online know kind of how I mentioned before, you can, of course do, um, you could, you can have, um, have a guideline page on your, or, um, on your pages. So on there, I say, I don't want to have any profanity. I don't want to have any rude comments, like things like that. And I can go and delete comments that I don't want to have on my pages. Cause of course it's my page and my voice. And so, um, that's kind of just what, that's kind of how I help myself online. Um, there's of course, like a lot of ways you can do that. How I found out, um, I, cause I work with the California milk advisory board and they gave us like a playbook that we have. So if we do have an activist attack, I kind of go to the playbook and I go through all these different steps um, on my pages online. And I kind of just, I kind of just write out the attack, you know, and then, um, then I can go back to the playbook if it kind of winds down. Um, but I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other dairy producers, there's a lot of local checkoffs and they would definitely help you out in this area. That's good to know. So there are resources available. Yeah. Did you have any of your followers or maybe unsuspecting followers that came to your uh, defense? Anyone who surprised you? Yes, I did. It was um, really humbling, I guess, because I had a lot of um, a lot of my followers on Instagram um, really were like, really came up to like really helped when and had um, of course reported them. Um, had a lot of positive, like you know, um, a lot of positivity online. A lot of my posts were reshared um, and just kind of bringing awareness to this topic to their followers as well, that this is a common thing that happens on farms. Yes, we're online and we get to have our farms open. You can see what our life is like. And we do that because of course we want to have our consumers know where their food comes from. Um, but on the other end of it, there's a lot of harassment sometimes that goes on when you have yourself online and sharing about things that people don't really agree with sometimes. And so, um, yeah, so I was, I was really, I was really 
um, humbled by how many people helped me out and stuff during the whole process. Yeah, that's also good to know because I know that this this is a really intimidating space for a lot of producers because they're just not sure if it's worth the headache in the end, yet you can reach so many people. And I think yeah. one of the things that we underestimate as well is if we never speak up or say anything in return, they really, the activists really want to own that space. And we, I so, I hate to see us give it to them so easily. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the frustrating part. There's, there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I was like, is this even worth it anymore? You know? And then I'm like, no, it really is. Cause I get comments from people and they're just like, they're really thankful of course, that they actually know what goes on, you know? So it's just like, okay, I'm going to keep doing it, but it is, yeah, it definitely is sometimes exhausting. <laughs> Yes, I think our challenge is not to get too caught up in the weeds and remember the positive parts of it as well. So proactive efforts, is there anything that you wish that you had done ahead of time or that you had started to do sooner in terms of, uh, you know, preventing a crisis moving forward or coming out on your farm? I think... um, like looking back, like we, of course we had, we had some stuff in place if a crisis like were to happen. Like I hadn't had that, that much of a, like, it was a really like, it was a, it was a very big, um, it was, I think it was a different attack in the way that they actually posted our address on places. And so I was like, I don't know how to handle this, but I, uh, but thankfully I was like, I'm going to call people that I know. So I think it was helpful that I knew that I could call my local checkoff and I could call, I even called DMI um, and some of my people on there and like, I'm like, what should I do? You know? And so that was very helpful. Um, but I think in Hindsight, I wish I would have maybe had that like on paper more, you know, more so that I knew like kind of ahead of time. So that's maybe kind of what I would do back in hindsight. Yeah. So maybe making sure that people have their crisis management plan ready with their contact information of those that can help them the most in this situation. Yes, definitely. Uh, How about your local community? Uh, was any of this covered locally or anything within your community besides just online? Um, no, it wasn't. But I did have a local newspaper come and they had contacted me because they, of course, had seen my post on my Facebook page about it, you know, and that I had um, kind of mentioned it. But I was like, I haven't had an attack on our farm. It was all online. And so I didn't want to bring local activists onto my place because it hadn't happened yet. And so he, I kind of declined the interview on that. Um, so think, so that was the only thing that I had had locally about it, but. So switching gears just a little bit, because I mean, you have gone through probably some of the worst of the worst of the things that we worry about. Why continue to put yourself out there and advocate for agriculture and for the dairy industry? Because you're still doing it. Yeah. Yes, I know. I think, what I see is that like, we have a really good story to tell besides all the negativity that comes around. And I think I am, I am more afraid of having false information put out there than I am to go and actually, and actually have what actually goes on like, on our farms out there. So that's kind of why I do it. I want to be able to like, cause of course I have little kids and I, want them to have the opportunity to farm. And so I want to go and preserve what we're doing because we're doing a lot of really wonderful things on our farm. We're doing great things that like and stuff for the environment, sustainability efforts and things like that, that need to be, that I think a lot of people don't really know about. And so I think that's why it kind of fuels my fire to keep going because 
I want to have a future for my kids in this industry. And so that's why I do it. And a little bit about your farm. Uh, You focus a lot on the environment, on sustainability. Uh, Can you just walk us through some of the things that you do specifically on your farm? Yeah. So for um, last year, we just installed um, a 975 kilowatts solar facility. And so that actually runs our entire dairy operation. So run off of that. Um, And then we also do... um, we recycle a lot of our manure because um, we live in California. We can use a flush. Um, we can do, uh, we can actually flush our barns with water and that water will go over like a manure separation system. And so from there, we'll actually get the composted out. We'll have the water. We'll go back out into our lagoon and that'll be used for irrigation. And then um, the, the manure part will go out and we'll actually compost that, that um, we'll actually compost it down and then use that for bedding. And so that's just kind of our, our efforts to kind of keep on reusing water and doing those kind of things on our farm. Yeah, that's a great message. Recycling. Uh, And farmers, we all know, don't waste anything. Uh, What do you think is the most important message that we can collectively get out better as an industry? That's a Tough question. Um, I think the we can collectively put out together is that we all might have have different ways of doing things on our farm. Like not each farm is going to look the same. We're not going to do things the same. But our our end goal is to get is to have nutritious milk that's going to go out and nourish families. And so I think that that um, that's probably one of the main messages is that I think we're all our end goal is of course is to go and feed families. And so that's, I think, um, I think that's the main message that I would want to have people know. And what do you think is the most misunderstood about the dairy industry today? I think the misunderstood would be maybe that, that like, it's not that a lot of the farms aren't actually run by families, I think. And so I think that that is, uh, a lot of people think that it's just big or like these have big organizations or big things. And we're trying to, you know, and I think that a lot of times people think that if it's a big dairy industry, a lot of the animals are abused and things like that. But that of course is definitely not the case. So I think maybe just, um, I think our practices that are on the farm that we do now are misunderstood by the public because I think they perceive a different way of life for a cow than maybe it is now. And I think that's just from us, maybe, maybe us as an industry, not actually having not actually having um, kind of how the animals are like actually housed now or how we do things actually portrayed online and shared. I agree. I agree with you. Everything is always about making that connection. And what has been your most favorite advocating story? Someone that you've reached or something that's happened that makes, makes this all worth it. Do you have a standout? Yes, I actually do. So um, I had a friend that I had gone to high school with and I knew that she was a vegan or it was like, it was an acquaintance that I knew in high school, I guess. And I knew she was a vegan and very, you know, on that kind of, st- like kind of in that area. And, and she still followed me online and different things. And, um, and she was, and she actually contacted me not so long ago. So this has been years since high school for me, you know, at least and, uh, and recently she was just like, she's like, I just love watching you. Like 
Like, I just love watching you and your farm and, and I now know how all the animals are cared for and things like that. And so she actually went back on dairy and started eating meat and dairy products again and stuff. Cause she was just like, of all the information that I had been putting out there. And so that was like, okay, wow. That was a, a big, <laughs> a big win, I guess. So that, that is a really big win. I always think it is a win when we can connect with people. And I think too often we expect people to think exactly like us instead of recognizing it's okay. They don't have to eat meat or drink milk, uh, but it's just about making the connection with them and getting a little bit more of an understanding of kind of what we do on farms every day. And that it's probably not as bad as what they saw or what they thought before they met us. Yes, yes. Well, I am so glad, Erin, that you were able to survive uh, your most recent run-in with activists. And uh, thank you for the great advice today. Uh, I appreciate it. And where can people go to follow you on all of your platforms and follow yeah, your farm? So, yeah. So um, on Facebook, I am there at Hidden Valley Dairy. And then on Instagram, I am at um, T.A. Terry Wife. And, um, yeah, those are kind of my main, um, those are my main ones. And I also have, um, I also have a blog and that's just a uh, California dairy wife. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And you can check us out on our website, bovanews.com for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Bova News, have a great day. 